You know, lately we have uh, mentioned from time to time um, His kingdom. Uh, we've, we've talked about uh, we want to do what He's called us to do so that His kingdom increases. Um, and I know that most of y'all, that that's the desire of your heart. You want to see the kingdom of God grow. And, you know, that only happens by those that are lost becoming saved. I mean, that's the only way the kingdom of God grows. Churches grow in different ways. Uh, sometimes because people move from one church to another, because uh, kids are born, uh, things like that. But the kingdom of God only grows when people that are lost come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So that's my desire is that His kingdom would increase. But we need to make sure we understand where we are in that picture. And the title of the message this morning is His Kingdom, Not Ours. Okay, So it's not our kingdom that we're trying to grow. It's not our kingdom that needs to increase. It's His kingdom. And so let's look at verse 17 of chapter 14. This is a, a verse that's been rattling around in my head for several months now. And uh, I come back to it over and over again. And it just I knew there was a point behind it, but I just never could settle on what it was God wanted me to preach out of that verse. And, and uh, it hit me again this morning finally. And I was like, okay. I know what you want to say, Lord. So let's look at verse 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if you go back and read the first part of that chapter, you'll see what the discussion is. The discussion is over whether or not it's okay to eat meat that had been sacrificed to other other gods. And, uh, and the... The argument is that as children of God, we're free from all of those sort of ceremonial laws and those bondages that man has imposed upon people. And we don't have to worry about those kind of things. But we should be mindful that if it offends someone else, that we don't need to take our liberty as a right to somehow do as we please, even though it becomes a stumbling block to someone else. So that's the, the what leads up to this verse. So when he says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, what he's saying is that the kingdom of God is not made up of these requirements and ceremonial rituals that man has. That's not what the kingdom of God is about. But what it is about is is the next things it says. It says what? Peace, uh, righteousness, and joy in the whole. I couldn't remember the second one. So that is what the kingdom of God is composed of. And, and so we're going to look at this today and, and see how this relates to the title because the kingdom of God is about those things and not about what we've tried to put onto it. All right, so in this day and age when this was written, there were still many that were, even though they might have been saved, were still trying to hang on to the old ceremonies, the old rituals, the old teachings. They were trying to live a life of liberty, but still do it by works also. And that's not what the kingdom of God is about. 
And you say, well, man, it's great that we don't do that today. Be careful. So, let me read a couple things to you here. The principle of grace does not lie in such things as food and drinks. Y'all, our, our salvation, uh, the fact that we're in the kingdom of God is based upon His grace. It's not because of anything we did. The Word tells us that it's not by works, lest any man should boast, right? We don't have a right to boast in anything because it's strictly by His grace that we are brought into His kingdom. So uh, this grace, we need to remember that because as we are in the kingdom of God, we've got to remember it's only because of His grace. It's not because of uh, the family we were born into. It's not because we have somehow learned enough to live a righteous life and that we now deserve to be in the kingdom. It's none of those things. I don't care how long you have been a Christian, how long you have served God, it's still by His grace that you're in this kingdom. Remember, it's not your kingdom. It's not your standards. It's not your laws that have been put down to establish it. It's God's. So the gospel does not consist of these things such as ceremonial laws and legalism. Right? That's not what we're going about teaching and preaching. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't try to hold someone else to a standard that is not the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ does not include those things. It's His kingdom, not ours. We should be characterized, and this is where the last part of this verse comes in. Our lives should be characterized by Practical righteousness, a disposition toward peace and harmony. You know what that means? A disposition, it means that, that's the way our, our nature needs to lean toward. That, that is the thing that we should be all about. Okay? And a mindset of joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay? I just want to break this part down to us because this is what our lives in the kingdom of God should be like. Now we're going to see some things in a minute that show that there are often times that Christians do not live this sort of life. They, they live a life that is tied more to the ceremonies and legalism than they do a, a life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. <coughs> If we continue on in verse 18, it says, For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. That serveth these things. These things. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Not anything else. Not you lived a good life. Not you held to a certain standard. Not you did everything just right. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Okay? We're about to get into what we're really going to focus on today. See, these are the things we should be focused on. 
We should be trying to live a life that is conducive to peace. We should be living a life that edifies one another, that builds people up, okay? Y'all, we're not getting into the area where we have spiritual warfare that we have to take a stand and fight against the enemy. What we're talking about today is within the kingdom of God, there needs to be a spirit of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost as we build one another up. Now, the the opposite side of that, or, or maybe the other end of the spectrum, is a mentality that judges people, that uh, brings about legalism and says you must do it this way or it's wrong. And if you don't look like I look, then you're wrong. If you don't like what I like, you're wrong. You see the, You see the contrast there. That's not what the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches. It's not the mindset that we should have. If we spend all of our time focusing on whether someone else is doing everything right, then we're not living out practical righteousness in our life either. We won't have a disposition toward peace because you're criticizing what somebody's doing, every little thing. Okay, We won't have that mindset of joy in the Holy Ghost. And, and man, you know what? As I grow older and, and experience more things, I come to see more and more that, that my mindset, the thing that I set my mind on, greatly dictates my behavior and how I feel about other people. Do you understand that? The Word tells us that we should, we should think on these things, talking about peace and love and, and those things that are of good report, those things that are virtuous. That's the thing we should be focused on and driven toward, and that will greatly impact how we deal with other people and how we care about them. When we continue to focus on negativity, and man, I've always kind of been against that whole way of teaching, honestly. But God, God is dealing with me and showing me that the thing I focus on impacts how I react to other people. When I'm focused on the negative, and I mean, look, it's easy to do, man. I could sit here right now, I could pick out one thing after another if I wanted to. I could just take one person and say, well, they don't do this right. They, they look funny. They dress weird. I mean, you know, you can sit and try to pick apart anything in somebody and you could do the same thing to me. And there is not one thing good that will come out of that. It, it won't edify anyone. It won't build anyone up. It won't encourage anyone. It won't draw anyone to the cross. It won't do anything but bring about division in a body. Right? And so when we keep our mind focused on the wrong things, we're not working on His kingdom. We're working on ours. <clears throat> Turn over to back to Romans chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. <clears throat>
Starting in verse 1, Romans chapter 2. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. That's a tough one right there for some of us because we don't see it. We don't see that we're doing the same things. You know, it's real easy for us to look at someone else and see their faults, but we don't see that we have faults. We don't see that we have things that are equally as bad or maybe even more detrimental to someone else that we're carrying around and doing. I got in a conversation with a guy one time, and he's a Christian, but he likes to, him and his wife like to go to the casinos every now and then. He drinks a little here and there, and and there's just some things that I just don't agree with in his life, man. And as a as a Christian, I feel like he needs to raise the standard a little bit in his life, you know. And uh, I talked to him about it. Ask him some questions. And I offended him pretty quick. And, uh, you know, afterwards I felt pretty bad about that. Because I got to thinking about this verse I just read to you. And it's like, you know what? There's plenty of things in my life he could pick apart if he decided to. Maybe he don't know about them. But if he did, he could he could say the same kind of things to me. And... So I began to examine that and I had to go back to him and apologize and say, man, I'm sorry. You know, that's that's not my place. And, you know, most of us sitting here today would probably say, well, no, you were right. Those, those things are wrong. Okay. But what am I trying to do when I point those things out to somebody? There, there's a different way to do it is what I'm getting at. And it may not, it may be one of those kind of things I need to just keep my mouth shut. It may be one of those kind of things that I need to, I need to be praying that God would give me some love and, and compassion before I go talk to somebody about this kind of thing. You see, so I need to do it out of a different mindset. My mindset should be that as it, as much as it possible, I want to be at peace with somebody. I want there to be harmony. And I need to be examining the righteousness here and having righteousness in my life that's not my own. And I need to have joy in the Holy Ghost. And y'all, I promise you, if you've got those kind of things, you're not going to be that critical of somebody. And if you do go and talk to them, it's a different, it's a different conversation then. And so let's continue. Verse two, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. So we know God's judgment is against sinful things. We know that. But it's His judgment. It's His judgment, not ours. His kingdom, not ours. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Ooh. That one's tough. Verse 4, Or despisest thou... Listen listen to this part, man. This is what will really turn you around. Do you despise the riches of His goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, 
not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Y'all, it was the same goodness, the same grace, His same forbearance that was applied to my life to cover my sin that brought me into His kingdom. And I'm going to then say, well, I'm in His kingdom and now I can look down on someone that needs to do some work on some things, right? No, I'm despising His forbearance and His goodness and His riches that came toward me and I'm, I'm not allowing someone else to partake in it. Man, that's kind of messed up, ain't it? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. This is starting to sound like dangerous territory. Right? And we, we kind of minimize it sometimes and think, oh, well, that ain't no big deal. But y'all, that's starting to sound like a pretty big deal. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish, upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. Who? That's rough. Y'all, maybe you're not thinking the same thing. But that's rough on me right there. Man, God will show you sometimes where you've been wrong. If you just take a moment to listen to His Word, man, He'll tell you pretty plainly. You don't need to be looking at people that way. And man, it's so easy today, y'all. I'm not trying to justify sin in any way today. I'm just saying I'm not the judge, okay? And if I will just take a moment and realize that that same grace that, that God wants to show to those people, He showed to me and still shows to me. If I take a moment and realize that, man, it's real hard to have anything against somebody. It's real hard to criticize anybody too hard knowing what God's forgiven me of. Knowing what kind of what kind of things He's pulled me from, how can I criticize somebody else's walk with God? It's not my business. It's not my place to do that. But instead, what I should be doing is doing everything I can to lift them up and encourage them. If I come to somebody with that sort of a mindset that I want good for you and I'm not trying to pull you down in any way, I can say things in a different way, can't I? And they might respond to it and, and change some things, but I don't need to do it out of a judgmental attitude. And really, I shouldn't probably do it unless the Holy Spirit's leading me to do it. Because that's one of those dangerous places where you might harm a friendship, you might tear down what God's doing in somebody's life when we take it up on ourselves because we think it's our kingdom and not His. You know, God's given us a wonderful place in His kingdom. But it's a place in His kingdom. <laughs> it's not ours. 
And I know I keep repeating that and harping on it, but we've got to drill that into our heads that we are His servants. We are His children. We are His people. And we are in His kingdom. It's all about Him. The gospel of Jesus Christ is just that. It's about Jesus Christ. Not about our righteousness. But we go about sometimes trying to live out this righteousness in front of people that's our own righteousness. And you know what they see when they see that? They see filthy rags. That's what the Word of God says. It can't be our righteousness that we put on display. It's got to be His. I'm going to close with one verse. Or one passage anyway. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. Jesus is speaking, y'all, and this, this passage of Scripture is couldn't be any more relevant today than it was then. I mean, it's just as relevant, if not even more sometimes. But Jesus said in verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify who? Your Father which is in heaven. Man, it is the things we're doing glorifying Him. And y'all, we need to really question that on a regular basis. The thing I'm doing, does this bring glory to God or does it somehow just bring glory to me? Does it bring glory to God or is it actually tearing down His good name? Am I saying this thing to somebody to bring glory to God or am I saying this thing to somehow pull them down and to put them in check? Hmm? We get that kind of attitude sometimes and it all goes back to us trying to work on our kingdom by our standard or by society's standards. You know, the whole alcohol thing, man, that's always been a big deal here in the United States. I mean, you go back to the earliest times in our country, alcohol's always been a big deal. And y'all, I'm not going to stand up here today and tell you that it's okay to go drink because I don't believe that. I really don't. But I have a feeling if we were in Germany today, we would be having a different conversation. If we were in a different society, the conversation would be different. And I'm not saying it's justified. I don't like it. I don't think it's something that a Christian ought to partake of myself. But at the same time, we need to understand that some of these beliefs that we hold to be truths are tradition. Okay? Our racism sometimes is it's just tradition it's something we've been taught it's not what's in the word our sometimes even our doctrine is things that we've been taught it's not what's in the word we've got to be very careful that as we begin to reach out to people we we don't try to apply 
our traditions and our ceremonies and rituals to them and say, this is the expectation, now live up to it. Because that's not, that's going to fail. That's us trying to grow our kingdom, not God's. You see, because what Jesus did is He went and ate with sinners. You know, that's what got Him into trouble a lot of times. Because the, the priest didn't like it. They said, well, look at him. He's condoning what they're doing. He's eating with whores and, and alcoholics and, and sinners. He, he's, just, he's sitting and eating with them. What's wrong with him? It's the same thing as if you were to invite those kinds of people to your house and have dinner with them. What is everybody else going to think? But that's who Jesus chose to hang out with. Look at his disciples. Most of them were not exactly the most up and upstanding uh, uh, citizens, right? I mean, nobody liked tax collectors. I mean, that's the kind of people Jesus chose to hang out with, though. And so, what was he basing that on? He based it on those people needed his grace. They needed His forbearance. They needed His forgiveness. He knew they couldn't attain it on their own. Can anybody else here identify with that? I am one of those people. I can't attain to it on my own. I need Him. And so as we go out into the community to to try to reach people, be sure we're not trying to apply our standard to them. Because, y'all, there is no standard we apply to them they're going to meet. In fact, most of them will immediately reject it and say, you're a hypocrite. Jesus didn't go to those people expecting them to live up to His standard. Thank God. (laughs) Right? Thank God. But He went to them and He said, I love you. No matter what the state is you're in, I love you. I don't want you to be the way you are, but I love you. We've got to have that same sort of mindset. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Don't forget that.